Well, if you're new to Believer's Church, we, we uh, have been going through a daily prayer rhythm together as a community where three times a day, morning, midday, and evening, we're praying together. So that's why we did the Lord's Prayer then, near the beginning of the service. Middle of the day is something called an oikos map. If you want to know what that is, um, look on our website. It's just basically your relational network of people far from God. And then closing the evening with gratitude. How, and so for those of you engaged in that, how, how's it going? Good? Yeah. I, I, I like to believe, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but it would, I, I, man, I'm just sensing the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in a unique way as we're gathered. And I believe it might have something to do with praying. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Of praying together. And, and here's the deal. There's something about testimony that overcomes the enemy. Isn't that cool? I, I was like, wow, I could feel a lot of warfare stuff going on. If you want, wonder what I'm talking about, we can talk about it later. But just spiritual stuff going on. Like, what's going on? Oh, right, we're giving testimony today. Because that, that destroys the works of our enemy. And so... I'd love it if you go to this. This is We have a specific spot where you can share testimonies of any kind. Or if you have a sense that the Lord's speaking to you, we actually have a team that's dedicated to praying over whatever comes on this thing and saying, is this something for the elders to pray into? Is this something for us to share? Just yesterday, one of you guys um, had a dream that was pretty incredible, uh, texted me the dream at length. It was a text like this long, which... I don't know how long that took to type, unless it was just voice text, but, but I said, could you put this on here so we can, because it was powerful. God is speaking to us, and he, everybody gets to play in the body of Christ. Everybody gets to play. Our work is not to do things that you watch us do and then go home. Our work is to equip you to do what God has put in you to do in this world Equip the saints for the work of ministry, the work of ministry, what Cindy and Felix are doing in North Tulsa, what you're doing in your office, in your neighborhood, in your family. That's where the power is happening, okay? So, but we'd love to hear about it because then when we get to hear each other's testimonies, we just, it's like, I could do that too. I could do that too. God is moving. God is doing things. Okay, enough of that. All right, just a reminder, our vision, anybody want to tell you what our vision is? Yes, to be near and like Jesus, to be near and like Jesus himself is our vision. We used to just say Jesus is our vision, but people are like, I don't know what that means. So we, we've made it a little more specific, to be near and like Jesus. And the reason why is because we believe Jesus tells us who God is and what God does. It's, he, he's the clearest revelation of what God is like, and what God's up to, and not only that, Jesus is God in human flesh. Jesus becomes the, the picture of what God was dreaming about when he made humans. So he tells us who we are and what we do. And so it's, it's a nice, simple spot to say, what if I oriented my life about making sense of the biggest questions that exist? In fact, uh, it's, it's this word gospel, good news that is this story about what does it mean as to who God is and who I am. You know, all of us understand our lives through story. It's one of the reasons we like to read stories or see stories, because we find ourselves in it. 
But there are many competing stories in our culture and in the world that try to make sense of our lives. Have you noticed that? That, that, that there's, there's stories that they, some make sense, some are really depressing. I always joke that if it's a French movie, it's probably going to lead to suicide at some point <laughs> as, the, as the sensible solution. Sorry to any of the French among us. I'm just insulting people unintentionally all day long, used card salesmen and French people. Not meaning to do that. My mom taught high school French. So that's why I think of the French, because we had to read all these French things, and they got depressing after a while, you know. So, but the gospel isn't it, what, 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 what we don't you, want you to hear. When we say, "Let's review the gospel." When we sing about the gospel, it's not so that we reduce it down to this thing that that so so you know the right ideas, so that you get saved and don't go to hell. That's really important. But that's only part of the story. The gospel is this good news that it's the actual true accounting of what's going on in history, the present, and the future. And that we can actually come to self-understanding in a story outside of ourselves. The way you understand your past and your future fundamentally determines how you experience the present and what decisions you make. Right? told the story many times of what if your job all day long, every day was you're at a toothpaste factory and your job is to screw the cap on one cap at a time. Great job, right? Well, it's not the greatest job if your future vision is I'm going to make $200 at the end of the year. I mean, maybe it is, you know. Uh, but if you knew it was $2 million, would your present experience be different about those toothpaste caps? I mean, is it, that guy's happy all the time. I know. I know where this is going, man. That's why we, we need to have the gospel imbibed in us. We're going to keep on coming back to it. Keep on coming back to it. Because our culture lies to us. The world system lies to us about what's actually true. So we have to remind ourselves. It's like taking a bath. Anna calls it de-sliming. We de-slime at least once a week. We say, what is the true story? It's the gospel. So when we look at what is the gospel, it's a word that means good news. It, in its shortest version, it's just the word Jesus. That's the good news. If you want to know what the good news is, is this person Jesus. In its longest version, it's the whole Bible. It's the whole story all put together. Some of you guys are going through something called God's story on Wednesday nights. And, and it's this really incredible effort that... Dane and Nathan are going through to tell in just six weeks the entire story of the scriptures. That's gospel, right? And what's fascinating is in the scriptures we see that there's different lengths of the gospel. I'm not going to say different versions of the gospel because the gospel is always going to be the same. It's just that it's so big, it's hard to describe. Like somebody tell me, what's the BOK Center? It's an event center. It's a building. It's a silver building, you know, but if you really wanted to, you could go on along just describing that building, right? But there's certain things will never change. As far as I know, I think we're always going to say it's in Tulsa. We're always going to say it's a building, right? So there's, there, there's aspects of the gospel that are just consistent always. But as, as each of these guys, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are looking at this diamond, they're seeing different facets of it. 
And then we see that Peter has sermons, several sermons in Acts and in his letters. We see Stephen preaches a gospel. that The guts are all the same, but what, the, what he's articulating has this different flavor about it. Paul does the same thing. And so what we're doing here today in Believer's Church is the question is, what is the gospel according to you and me? In other words, it's the very same thing. It's that we're, we're not confused about what those things that are always going to be the same. But it looks different coming through you and me. It looks different. It's like imagine that each of us is a, is a prism. And that what light, which is the same kind of light, comes through you, comes through me. It comes out, but there's a spread of color that's a little bit different. There's a little more purple in yours. A little more red in mine. Um, and so, how do I create... My own gospel. So that, I'm giving you all this stuff, background, so when you hear my own gospel, nobody's freaking out. You know what I'm saying? If you're soundbiting that, I probably get in trouble anyway. But how do we create this? Well, we're going to look at an example in Scripture. We're going to look at Peter. Peter, who preaches the gospel multiple times. In the context of this, I'm just going to read this story. And we're going to notice what he does. The context of this is Peter and John are just doing the regular going to the temple to pray. They pray three times a day most likely. And so they're just going up to do it. And a guy's laying there who's been laying there, we find out later, for 40 years. And he's lame. And he asks for money. He says, listen, uh, silver and gold I don't have. But what I have, let me give it. Do you guys know that song? Walking and leaping and praising God. Who here remembers that? You've got to be at least 50 years old. Right, okay. I was trying to talk Sam into playing it before they I said, Sam, let's be a great sermon illustration. I said, no, I'm, no, I didn't. I didn't think of that. Until this moment, I didn't think of it. So this guy is healed, standing on his feet. And, the, and so that's what happens as the story comes in. So I'll read this out loud and you can follow along. Acts 3.11. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me 
from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So we hear Peter preaching the gospel. He had specific things he noted. Did, did you notice anything in there that right away didn't even like, you're like, I don't know what that means. Anybody feel that way? It's okay to raise your hand. I, I, because he's talking to a Jewish audience. That he's very, very, very much pulling stuff from the Old Testament. And we see in Acts 2, Peter has a different gospel that he preaches. He pulls from different passages in the Old Testament, from Joel and, and also from the Psalms. And then later we're going to see him talking to Gentiles in Acts 10. And you'll notice he pulls almost nothing from the Old Testament. Peter has got this gospel that he's carrying, but it changes based on his circumstances. And also we'll see based on what he experienced. So the question is, how did Peter develop his gospel? If we're going to develop our own gospel, one that's like light refracted through us, how did Peter do it? Well, let's continue the story. So what happened is after Peter, oh, I guess I put these words in here. I have to tell you about it. Okay. I, I thought I cut that out. It's still in here. I'll read it. All right. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the, of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Notice Peter's preaching the gospel again. And yet it's a little different, isn't it? It's a little bit different here. He goes on. <laughs> the leaders, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing that they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone in living, living in Jerusalem knows they've performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. 
But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So here's a couple things we can notice about Peter's gospel. The first one was noted by the leaders that these men had been with Jesus. If Jesus is the gospel, there's something about the fact that having been with Jesus, you learn what this good news. And these disciples, day and night, have been learning what is this about and half the time not understanding. That should encourage us all. And not only that, then he said, we can't help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So here's, a, here's, here's some hints as to ways we could develop our own retelling of the gospel. It's simply this. How have I been with Jesus? How do I know about Jesus? What in the scriptures come alive to me? When I read a story of Jesus, I'll tell you, Matthew 8, 1 through 4, always brings me alive. And I just like to think about it with Jesus because a, a leper comes running up to Jesus. He's in the middle of a bunch of people that are trying to get his attention. And Jesus is kind of like the celebrity at the moment. And this leper, nobody wants to be around. God, uh, the, he runs up to Jesus. And Jesus said, if you're willing, you make me clean. And Jesus not just says, I'm willing, he puts his hand on him. He breaks the ritual purity loss and touches him. He says, be healed. Oh, that's helping my gospel. Why? Because I'm learning that that hits me about Jesus, that he touches those who will who cootieize him. How have I been with Jesus? And the other is, what have I seen and heard? What have I seen and heard? I had somebody say to me once, and it broke my heart when we were talking about your story, and, and this person said, I don't think I really have one. And I was like, wait, I know you love Jesus. This is, why don't you think you have one? And I realized, you know, I don't know. I, I don't do very good at this. I'm bad at that. I'm still in process on this thing. I, 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 I was like, okay, well, do you want to stop following Jesus? And she said, no. I said, well, why not? And she got to thinking. I said, that's your story. You see what I'm saying? That's your story. What's keeping you in the game? What, what brings you alive? That's your story. And it's unique to you. It's Jesus meeting you. Okay, so what we're going to do the rest of today is do a, a, teach you a tool. Anna taught this last fall, so some of you guys already know this. So this will be practice for you. For some of you, this is going to be brand new. And do we have, I know we have paper at the ends of some of these aisles and writing utensils. That you may just use it, you might just use your phone, but you're going to need something to write a couple things down, okay? It's really, really important that we practice what we learn. We put it into practice.
Okay, everybody got something they need? Of course, you can do this on your phone as well. You don't have to draw the pictures to do this. Really going to write six words down. But the picture helps me. Um, So this is, the way, this is the way this tool works. It's to give your testimony in 15 seconds or less. Which you can think, how is that even possible? It's possible. And this is a great tool to be just in a situation where you're just sitting with somebody, whatever, and you could say, hey man, I, I want to tell you a story. Is that okay if I tell you something? And you just do it in 15 seconds or less. Okay? So it goes like this. Here's an intro. There was a time in my life And it's just helpful to memorize these things. Trust me. You're like, I'm going to do my own thing. When you're in the moment, you will be freaking out. Has anyone had to perform like music or something like that? And you realize your body will remember what to do, even if your brain doesn't. So this is a muscle memory thing. There was a time in my life when, and we're just going to use two words of what it was like before we encountered Jesus. Just two words. And the two words are really just to give you a key. And I'm going to give you several examples. In fact, if my examples could go ahead and make their way up front, I'd appreciate it. I've pre-selected some, some testimonies to give as an example. So there's a time in my life, and there's two things that we'll remember. And then we talk about Jesus. And we mention two things that happened when we encountered Jesus. And it could be just as simple as I encountered Jesus and chose to follow him. I say that because it's easy to remember. I encountered Jesus and chose to follow him. You guys want to come over this way because then it's going to be confusing. Right there. Actually, you know, I want you guys to come up here because online people can't see you. Sorry. So then two words with Jesus, then two words after. What was different? And then we end with, do you have a story like that? Why? Because we want to ask. You don't know what it'll provoke. Sometimes they'll be like, I've had this, I've done this before. He said, no. And that conversation was pretty much done. But you just never know what the Lord might do. We've got lots of testimonies of God doing stuff. So here's mine. If you want to see an example. There was a time in my life when I believed religion was not real, but I was Scared, I was afraid all the time. Then I encountered Jesus and chose to follow him with my whole life. And I came to realize that Jesus is real and he can help me face my fears. Do you have a story like that? That's it. Now, some of you guys are like, well, there's got to be a time when I serve jail time. I mean, it's got to be incredible. No, it's, it's your story. That's a real thing for other people. That's a real thing for me, that Jesus can help me face my fears has changed everything for me. That's what, one of the reasons I'm staying in the game. So I've asked some friends here to give their 15-second testimony, and so they're going to do it. And so it looks like a lot of testimonies, but they're about 15 seconds apiece, so it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be forever, right? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Roger just said he thought we said 15 minutes. <laughs> true, true preacher in the house here, yeah. Okay, go Charlie, baby. There was a time in my life where I was afraid and anxious all the time. Then God met me right where I was and changed my life radically. And now I don't have to worry about a single thing, and I don't have to fear a single thing. Do you have a story like that? Do you have a story like that? Awesome. 
There was a time in my life when I was lost, I was deceived, and I was bound by my own disordered desires, and I met the love of Jesus, and he loved me into freedom, and now I'm redeemed and hope-filled. Do you have a story like that? There was a time in my life that I was addicted to drugs and alcohol, broken, and hated God. But then I came to know who he really is, and now I'm being set free, learning to walk with him, and being healed in every area of my life, and sharing him with others. Do you have a story like that? There's a a time in my life when I was angry and addicted, and then I heard the gospel, and I gave my life to Jesus, and he set me free from my addictions and is helping me with my anger. Do you have a story like that? There was a time in my life when I was so scared of anything, really. I was exhausted. And then Jesus came into that story, and he said that I didn't have anything to be afraid of. So now I'm not scared of failing. I'm not scared of winning. Jesus takes care of that. I'm just free to live, unafraid. Do you have a story like that? So I'll start off a little differently. I grew up in Alabama, so I essentially went to church for nine months before I was born. Um, That being said, I knew who Jesus was, but there was a time in my life where I had an identity that was solely rooted in my profession. I was lost in the world of drugs and alcohol, and I wound up in jail. But then Jesus used that and led me to a life of sobriety. I experienced his transformative presence, and he gave me a new identity. And now I've been sober for almost nine years. I have an identity that's rooted in my eternal father and not my earthly accomplishments. There was a time in my life when I was scared and abused. And through a meaningful connection, I was shown the rescue and redemption of Jesus, and that changed everything. And now I take great joy in living free from fear and showing the kindness and care of Jesus to others. Do you have a story like that? I do. Um, There was a time in my life when I was depressed, dependent on drugs and suicidal, and then I had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, and he, he gave me joy he gave me life, and he showed me how to be dependent on him. Do you have a story like that, bro? I forgot God had asked me earlier to show up here. I didn't invite myself. There was a time in my life, and I didn't practice. So there was a time in my life when I was in rebellion, sinful and selfish. I encountered Jesus. He invited me to repent. He forgave me. And now I'm forgiven. And I get to share his mercy and his willingness to forgive anyone the rest of my life. Thank you, guys. You're willing to be seated. Have you noticed how this cuts through stuff, by the way? I, I wanted to have at least that many testimonies because I knew the Holy Spirit would show up and just sit on us. Because this is where the authority of the gospel comes, is, is through being shared through people. It's not just an idea. When we're not sharing it, it becomes unreal to us. 
And so, here's your tool. So I'm just going to walk you through this. This won't take long. So get out, whether it's your, your uh, paper, your, your phone, whatever, and we'll just do this. Our intro is, there was a time in my life. Let's say that together. All right, let's do it again. There was a time in my life. Great. Now, what I want you to do is pair up with one or two other people. I, pair doesn't mean two other people. But pair up with somebody, and you're going to go through these. And as we do it, you're going to say your words to these people, okay? So this next one is, there was a time in my life. And just think of two words that were what it was like before Jesus. And then I want you guys to say it with each other, okay? So we're just going to take a few minutes and just pray and do what words come up to you. You can change this later (laughs) if you're like, this isn't exactly what I wanted to say. So let's do it. Go for it. Okay, anybody need more time? Okay. Okay. So best as you can, just boil it down to... Those two words that'll give you cues to keep it tight. Because remember, this is to provoke further conversation, okay? So you don't have to fit everything you've ever experienced before you met Jesus in those two words. Because you're gonna, when you share the gospel, you're going to have ver- different versions of it, right? Over time. So now let's think about two words that describe your encounter with Jesus. I just simply say encounter and follow. Dane said, I heard the gospel and repented, I think, and gave my life. Repent, heard the gospel, gave my life. Tim said, I heard the gospel and repented. It could be anything like that. Those are simple words. Or you heard some different ones. So think of two words that characterized your life hitting with Jesus. I'll also say this. If you've been a Christian a long time, talk about why you're in the game. Right? Have you noticed there's times, yeah, I could call myself Christian, but I don't know if I actually was following Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So t- talk about that, what keeps you in the game with Jesus. So do these two words, share them with your partner.
Okay. Everybody, everybody got your two words? And again, remember, you can, you can uh, revise this later as you get to think about it more. So now let's think of two words that then characterize life after Jesus. And it's good if they, for me, it was I didn't think that religion was real. And then I get to, but I know that Jesus is real. And then I said, I was afraid all the time. And the second thing is, but I can face my fears with Jesus. Because it's not true that I'm never afraid again. <laughs> but I can face my fears with him. Um, so think of these two words and then share it with your buddy. Okay, going to wrap it up. I know it's not perfect, probably. But let's, let's do this last phrase here together. We're going to end with saying, do you have a story like that? So let's say it together. Do you have a story like that? Let's say it again. Do you have a story like that? One more time. Do you have a story like that? Now we're going to practice with a partner going the whole way through it, okay? So go ahead and practice. Okay, so I've given you all more than 30 seconds. So in theory, you've had plenty enough time. Here's how we're going to end today. I'm going to do something a little bold here. I'd like five people to come forward, and you're going to share your 15-second testimony. Remember, it's 15-second testimony.
So we have a specific. Come on, Shane. Come on, Sydney. Come on. I can't see. I can't see that far. My glasses aren't as good as they should be. Come on, bro. We got one more. All right, we've got him. We've got him. So come on up, and we'll just give give your 15 second testimony. And this is how we're going to end today. Thank you for your boldness. I just what's your name again? Stephen. Casey. Casey, nice to meet you, Sydney. I'm Perry. Perry. Yeah. Okay, Shane. All right. I, I'm impressed with you guys. I've I've never even met y'all. Some of these guys. I mean, so that's that's awesome. So we'll start start with you, Stephen. Stephen, we'll start with you, and then just pass it along. Give us your testimony. <laughs> um, there was a time in my life where I was stuck in lust, and I worried about everything. Then I encountered the Lord, uh, turned away from my lust, and he gave me joy and freedom from worry and trying to find pleasure in my desires. Do you have a story like that? There was a time in my life when I didn't know myself. Then I chose to believe what Jesus says of me in the Bible, and now I have peace and confidence in who I am. Do you have a story like that? There was a time in my life where I was bound by depression and anxiety, and the Lord encountered me with his love and revealed himself to me, and now I walk in joy and freedom. Do you have a story like that? I do. There was a time in my life when I thought God represented judgment and condemnation. Jesus revealed to me that he represents hope and love. And now I walk with him and trust him every day. Do you have a story like that? There's a lot of people. So much more than CR. Uh, There was a time in my life where I thought I was going to die in jail for my crimes. Um... I have more. Um, But then I had a love encounter with the Lord and realized how much he loved me. And now I have the confidence, the boundaries, all the things that have set me free in Christ to make my life so much more better. Hey, hey. Uh, you have a story like that? Yeah. Let's stand up. Go ahead, guys. Let's stand up together. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And that phrase goes, and we did not love our lives even to death. For most of us, it's just social awkwardness we're risking. Me too. It's not mostly likely death. But for the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, can you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit? Can you feel the delight of God? Can you feel the delight of God? So here's our goal this week, is to be with Jesus. Being with Jesus gives us the content for what the gospel is, whether that's reading scripture, prayer, you know, some of the things that you can do to do that. If you're not sure, ask somebody around you who looks like they seem to know what they're doing a little bit based on their testimony. In fact, if there's anybody here that you feel like you don't have a testimony of Jesus, there's someone right next to you who knows Jesus. And would love to talk to you. You don't need to come up here or anything like that. Just talk to the person 
next to you because you've just seen all these testimonies of what Jesus is doing. They're everywhere. You are surrounded. So we'll just talk to you about a time in our lives when we are far from God. And the other thing is, I just want to share what you've seen and heard. Give your 15-second testimony to somebody. If you're too scared to do it to a stranger, totally get it. When I think about it, I start to see strangers, and I run from them because I'm like, this might be the one. <laughs> if you're not sure what to do, meet Dane Lucas. He, I've seen him witnessing to a telephone pole. He's just not afraid. <laughs> He's just not afraid of anything. But there's something about that adrenaline and you don't know. There are people who have no answer on this other side of the cross. And so it's important that we share it. So we own our story. We live into it because it's who we are and it's fundamentally shaping us. That we've been called to a good, good life. It's characterized by good, good news. So Father, look at your bride here. Jesus You're the one who washes us with the water of the word. You're the one who's laid down your life for your bride. You're the one who makes us spotless and clean and pure. You're the one who also said, go into all the world and share the gospel. Teaching, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. Make disciples. So, Lord, will you do that for us today? We need your help. We can't do it without you. We know we've already got your love completely sewed up before we do a single thing right. So out of the affection that we have from you, will you give us the courage to share this story? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Roger Nix, come. He's going to share something with us. One quick encouragement. Just by itself, it seems a little daunting. But the way to overcome this is to do what we're doing now, which is pray for your oikos every day at noon. Because I found that when you start praying for the lost, even if you don't get an opportunity to share with those on your oikos map, God will drop the lost right in your lap, and you'll be ready because your heart's prepared. All right, so let's pray this prayer. Ready? Lord... I pray for the people in my life who are far from you. Deliver them from the evil one. Bring them into your family and help them to grow as your disciples. Come on, people. Let's do it. Thank you. Have a great week. Love you.